Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man who never feels more American than when he's tired and angry. It's Dale. <laughs> and I'm tired of, tired of being tired and angry. You tired of being tired of angry? I am. <laughs> I get tired and hungry. Tired, hungry. Hungry. Angry. Hangry. You gotta have a Snicker bar. Have something. Oh, wait. Should I say that? They ain't sponsoring this. No. Or yeah. a Kit Kat. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Kit Kat bar. Yeah, but if Snickers or Kit Kat wants to sponsor us, they can. You're damn right. Yeah, we'll take it. Bud Light should be the prime sponsor. You're dang right. Truthfully. Because we have bottles sitting around on the table here. Yeah, look like microphone stands, don't they? They do. <laughs> what's going on, dude? Uh, you, you no. are always what's going on. No, it's not, man. How you feeling this week? I feel good. We're uh, actually recording a day later because I had some kind of voice problems yesterday, and mm-hmm. and I feel a little bit better today. I'm not as hoarse. I think it's all that glue you're huffing. Huffing glue. <laughs> huffing. Uh, we got some bad pollen allergies, don't we? Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that stuff don't bother me too much. Usually, I'm pretty lucky that way. Yeah, that's good. You're lucky. Been working like a dog trying to get that pool ready, but I am about ready. Well, let me let me say, sorry, my wife has been working like a dog trying to get that pool ready. Yeah. <laughs> I better. She might listen to this. You better give credit where credit is due. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you got any shout outs? Anybody want to talk about before we get going, dude? Well, we got a few. I won't call them shout outs, but I'm gonna say these are some big thank yous. Big thank yous. Yeah, some of you guys are going to step it up, like our buddy Jen. You know Jen, right? I know Jen. Jen is uh, our buddy, along with her and uh, Deeds from uh, Murder on My Street podcast, available on all your favorite platforms. Anyway, she sent us a, just an amazing, amazing comment and told us that uh, we were, us guys, were the best, and she really, really digged the show, and uh, we're one of her favorites, and we really appreciate that coming from one of our peers. That's that's pretty damn cool. Dang right. And uh, our next one would be we wanted to give – Big, big shout out to our buddy Jennifer Orcutt. I mean, man, how, how awesome is this person? For really, thank you for the the most glorious PayPal donation. Yeah, you are the best. Helping keep the lights on. I'm telling you, she's a light keeper on her. That's it. <laughs> and that's about out for that. But I do want to give a little. We'll do our little top five countries, Don. You want to guess what they are? No. Okay. Go ahead. We start at five or one. Start at five and go to number one. Well, it's too easy. We'll start at five. Start at number one because you know what Taylor's going to be. Okay. Okay. Number one is USA. USA. Yeah. Yeah. We're big there. Yeah. Or here, I guess. Here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> number two would be our buddies in the UK. Right. Thank all you folks over there. Number three would be up north in the great wilderness of Canada. Yeah. And number one, two, three, four. Sorry, I lost the place. Four is all the way back down on down. Oh, yeah. Australia. Yeah, Australia. Way down yonder. Australia, Mike. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then number five, the spaghetti capital of Italy. Italy. I don't know if you guys eat spaghetti or not. I'm just saying it. Sorry if, you don't, yeah. if you're offended. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they eat spaghetti it's, over there. It's probably Americanized, just like Taco Bell here. I bet they drink more wine than they do spaghetti or eat spaghetti. Yeah, because it's hard to drink, drink spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I meant. I do. <laughs> Like uh, drinking bread in this Bud Light bottle right That's here. That's it. But if anybody wants to be like Jennifer Orca and go to the website, click that donate button. We would greatly appreciate it. It's it, like Christmas when it happens. It is. It helps it keeps is. the lights on, keeps things going. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that, you can go to the <laughs> you can go to the store page, get you a t shirt or something, help yeah. support the crack house and tell everybody about us. Tell your friends. Your mama, what brother, you, sister. What if you ain't got no friends? What if you're one of them folks sitting in a room by yourself contemplating mm-hmm. your next move? Well, text it to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, or you can just put it in your manifesto so they find it later. You know that you. Yeah. Really, no, I don't know if that's a good idea. Just scrap all that shit. <laughs> we don't want to be in nobody's manifesto. <laughs> if anybody wants to donate something or go to the website, please do. Please do. 
or grab yourself a shirt or a sticker or a hoodie or a tank top or any of that good stuff. Yep, or leave us an Apple Podcast review. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and uh, the other night was pretty cool. We had a big participation on the Facebook fan page when I had a little meme war going. And it was a really good time. I really like when you guys get on there and uh, interact. That's basically what we created the page for, and that was pretty cool. That's it. All right, Dale, nothing else. We're going to get into our week's case, man. Yeah, and for all you're still pissed off about last week, guess what? I am too. Yep. <laughs> and here's one to... One to grow on. <laughs> yeah, one to grow on, because this one uh, will piss you off too. It ain't quite as bad, but it's it's still bad. Yeah, it's still rough. Deputy Dodd is not in this one. No. So, so. At least Tr- not, trigger warning. Not that we know <laughs> No of. Deputy Dodd. Well, shit, you're right. <laughs> How do we know of? Hell, it could be riding around, could But we have an unsolved murder this week, dude. All right, let's go. And this is the unsolved murder of Gary Lee Grant Jr. Gary Lee Grant Jr. And he is from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Jersey. And he was born on March the 8th, 1976, to parents Gary Grant Sr. and May Grant. He's a bicentennial baby. Yeah, he was. All right, Dale, our story starts on January the 12th, 1984. And this was a rare midweek holiday for Gary Grant Jr. Because his school was out. There he was. Yeah, it was on a Thursday. Thursday. And they had a teacher conference day. Right. And he went to the school of Our Lady Star of the Sea. And it was a Catholic school. Sounds like a boat college. Yeah. But it was a private Catholic school. Where you learn to go boating. I guess. (laughs) But there was no school because of teacher conference. Now, he lived with his mother, May, and his two older sisters. And May and her husband, Gary Sr., they were separated at the time. For about a year, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. But on this day, Gary had slept in, I think. Everything I read, he had slept in pretty good. Because the night before, she let him stay up and watch TV and, I guess, goof off off because there was no school the next day. Right. But he was eating breakfast that morning, and... Everything I read, she asked Gary what he was going to do that day. Yeah, if you're going to go out and play with your buddies or what. Yeah. And he was just sitting there eating his breakfast, and he just happened to say that he had an appointment at 2.30. <laughs> yeah. Which is okay. really weird for a seven-year-old Yeah, to say at that time. And she asked him who it was with, and he said it was a secret. Yeah. No, yeah. right there with this story would end right there. Yeah, me and you done had this conversation <laughs> yeah. off the air quite a bit. Yeah, right there to be okay. So you know, keep watch out for yourself <laughs> because uh, as soon as it was a secret, and I can't tell you where well, you can't go. Sorry. Yeah, and I know it's pretty uh, liberal back in the in the eighties, and you know I was a kid in the well before the eighties. Anyway, we used to go out and rip and run, and be gone all day. But I'm not going to tell. I mean, if if you get asked where you're going, you got to tell them where you're going. There ain't no secret when you're seven. Yeah. Sorry. No matter if it's adult, kid, or whatever, wherever you're going, there's no secret appointment. Yeah. There'll be a way to to get that information out of him. Yeah. Coax it out of him, I believe. Yeah. Sit yeah. on the couch to even figure out where you're going. But he said it was a secret. Now, you know, he could have just said, well, I'm going to go play a so-and-so and get up and go, and you would you'd still do his secret, but you just wouldn't know. But what, why say that? Yeah. Why even bring that up? Right. That's what I'm saying. Something, something's odd about secret and appointment coming from a seven-year-old. But that's, you know, probably the seven-year-old mentality not to hold anything back. Yeah. Kids don't kids don't lie. Yeah, can't tell you. Mm-hmm. So, but he wasn't going to tell her what he had to do. Right. Or who he had an appointment with. But now May, she figured that it wasn't anything serious and probably had something to do with a girlfriend. 
Hmm. And she didn't question him any further. Yeah, I guess he could. He had a couple little girls down the street he played with and stuff. Mm-hmm. So around lunchtime, he got dressed and went out to play. Right. And he said he would be back by 4 p.m. before it got dark. And at 4.30, it was dinner time, and Gary had still not come home. Right. Because Gary, he never missed a meal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound good. It didn't sound good, but according to his mom and uh, interviews I've seen, that um, he loved dinner time. Yeah, maybe it was cooking, I guess. Yeah. But, and you also think at 4.30 getting dark, I guess, in the winter here in the, on the East Coast. Around 6, I think, 5.36, it does get pretty dark in, in the winter. Yeah. So you want to be home by 4.30, so it'd be uh, before dark. But at 4.30, dinner time had come, and Gary wasn't home. Uh-oh, something was wrong. And May got worried, and she went down the street to talk to the two girls that he had played with. Right. And they said that they'd played with him earlier, but he left to go home around 4.30. Right. Now, that timeline is a little bit iffy, because most research we've done didn't really give a time yeah. that she had went. So, some say 4.30, some was no time at all. So, really don't know specifically, I guess. I bet it wasn't long after that, because, you know, like I said, Gary, he was pretty consistent in coming home for dinner. Right. But if he, if he left there at 4.30, he's supposed to already be at home. Now, I don't know. It's just, what, a couple couple blocks down the street. So you would well, think maybe they would even passed each other, right? Yeah. But you knew it had to be after 4.30 because the girl said he had left around 4.30 to go home. Right. So how long after this was it before she went to go looking? Do, do we know? No, we don't know. All we know is that dinner time was at 4.30, and they say 4.30 he left. Yeah. Okay. There was about two hours that passed, and there was still no sign of Gary. Right. So now she's starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah. So she called uh, her ex-husband, Gary Sr. And Gary Sr. was supposed to work that night. Now, wait a minute, because there's two different versions of this. One, Gary Sr. was coaching the girls, I want to say softball team. And one one story was that she went down there, either called him at school, which I don't know how she'd call him if he was coaching. Or she went down there to start sending his daughters down there to see if he was down there because they said that since he was coaching the girls' team that Gary Jr. would go with him a lot. And then he was kind of like the uh, unofficial mascot kind of. All the little girls loved him. So they thought maybe he had picked him up and took him hmm. to, to ball practice with him. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So I don't know which one is which, but there's two different conflicting stories there, mm-hmm. just so you know. Okay. Okay. But she had phoned Gary Sr., and he was supposed to work that night. He he was a Gary Senior was a detective for the Atlantic City Police Department, and he worked a night shift. Yes, and he was supposed to go in that night, but he called his sergeant and told him he couldn't come in. Yeah, he's supposed to go in at twelve. Mm-hmm. Right, and he searched for Gary till around two a.m. Mm. And by the next morning, the Atlantic City Police Department they were in an all-out search. But now get this, regulations prevented Gary Sr. from participating in the official investigation. Well, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because, I mean, if you come up on somebody that's suspect, yeah. what are you going to do? You don't want me to be working at it. Tell you that right anybody now. you think of, you're going to beat the brakes off of them, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just to get any information out of them. That's putting it nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't allowed to take part in the official investigation. Right. And, and also, if it was ever come up to go to court and stuff, him being in there would could give him more wiggle room and yeah. getting stuff thrown out, I would think. Yeah. But Gary Sr. was unwilling to just stand by and do nothing. 
Oh, I'm sure he's probably working every every waking minute that he wasn't at work work doing yeah. his own investigation. Yeah, he was. Plus, he's probably undercover. Well, not really undercover, but doing it while at work, just they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Right. I mean, he's out doing something, so I'm sure he was doing what he could to find out, you know, from his sources, being yeah. a detective, you know. Exactly. Now, Gary Senior, he was searching abandoned houses, the area underneath the Atlantic City Boardwalk, and even arcades where Gary Junior frequented right and he was asking people that worked at the arcades if they had seen gary and they were a few workers from one of the arcades who remembered seeing him earlier in the day i thought they did anyway yeah yeah and this led uh gary senior to believe that he was wandering the street somewhere right which is kind of odd you know maybe his appointment was at the arcade we yeah don't, we don't know no we don't know we don't know anything about that appointment right but that night there was still no sign of gary jr so uh, Gary Senior searched the alleyways, trash cans, mm. and dumpsters. I mean, he, he he was, I guess, by the now he's he knew how long he'd been gone. He gave it time to search all the places that you could be, houses here. By this many hours after he's been gone, he knows by being a detective to where to start looking now because now his hopes are getting a little dim. When you're looking in dumpsters, you are in full panic mode. You're looking for bodies now. You're not looking for your kids. Yep. Yeah. But by that time. Gary Sr. had feared the worst. Right, like I said. All right, now, there was a man by the name of Robert Huey. He realized that Gary had vanished near a warehouse he owned and searched the property. How did he know? I guess he'd seen it on the news or something. Huh. I mean, because this was a big story. Right, well, I know. I knew in the uh, you know in the research it said that he had saw it, I guess, but it was like, was it the day or day after or something? Mm-hmm. But uh, he was a... I don't know. He's a big wheel in the town, whatever his job was. But he owned uh, uh, the plot of land with an abandoned warehouse on it. Or yes. Something. And then I guess he realized after he said on the news that maybe I should go over and check my warehouse, which mm-hmm. is kind of odd to me. But anyway, yeah. yeah, go ahead. But yeah, on that, that Saturday after the disappearance of Gary Jr., this is about 3.30 p.m., he discovered Gary Jr.'s body right. in a vacant, weed-infested lot. Near the warehouse he owned. Yeah. (laughs) Which was uh, less than two blocks from his home. Right. And he had seen Gary Jr. He had been bludgeoned to death Mm. and wrapped in a gold-colored rug. And just nearby, I think it was just a few feet, there was a short length of a heavy pipe. I think it was about three feet from him, actually. Yeah. And this is, you know, there's a couple different versions of this, too. One was covered up with a rug, and another one's wrapped up in a rug, which is two totally different things Mm -hmm. to to me. And the bludgeon part was pretty bad from, like, four or five pretty vicious hits with that pipe from what uh, autopsy said. But it was believed to be the murder weapon. Of course. Yeah. And the um, the police there, they immediately imposed a radio silence. They didn't want anything on the radio about this because yeah. Gary Senior was a cop. He was working, yeah, yeah. And they they issued that radio silence until Gary's family could be notified. You know, it's kind of odd. I wonder. This is what time you said? Three thirty. Yeah, around three thirty. So if he worked, usually it went in at twelve. Why would he be working at three o'clock in the afternoon? That's weird, isn't it? Unless he and just happened to be driving by where they at, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if a policeman. I don't know if they like do a swing shift gimmick or not, but maybe I don't know. But just, I just thinking about that. Cause and he could have been riding around on his own looking for Gary. He wouldn't be in the cop car if he was. 
But anyway, go ahead. I'm but, sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of ifs and um. It's just a lot of stuff though that I've been thinking about while I was doing this, and mm-hmm. I figured time to ask is now because you're the principal, so I'm asking you. Yep. But now the police, <laughs> like we said, they immediately impose a radio silence till the family can be notified. Right. And like Dale said, it, virtually at the same moment, Gary Senior, he was tired and on the verge of collapse. Just happened to drive by the scene where all the cops were at he saw all the police cars out there okay so maybe he wasn't on duty couldn't have been so if he especially if he's riding around on the verge of collapse he should be arrested for riding around on the verge of collapse yeah (laughs) but i mean i get it he probably had no sleep since his boy disappeared probably hadn't so that would make more sense so that would be uh yes way more sense than being on duty but yeah gary senior pulled up and the officer told him that uh, Gary Jr. had been found dead. Yeah, he said that uh, he, he ran around, and instead of seeing police cars, you know, here and there, they seen a whole bunch in one spot, and that's what drew his attention. And when he pulled up, he said, what's going on? I didn't want to tell him. And he was like, uh, I've been looking, I'm just looking for my boys. And then this when they told him they had found him. And, mm, I'm sure that just took all the life out of him. Can you imagine? No. Can I imagine? Now, when the officers told Gary that he had been found dead, he demanded to see him. Yeah. But he was not allowed. Nope. And they restrained him. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. They, you know you'd want to run to him, man. Just scoop him up and yeah. hold him, you know? Yeah. Whew. Can't imagine, Can't man. Can't imagine. That's mm-hmm. seven years old. Yeah. Take his life taken. Mm-hmm. But now, the investigation, it started like all the others, with the uh, detectives tracing Gary's final hours, and they were talking to everyone who knew him the best. Mm-hmm. And there was one kid that recalled seeing him on Thursday. The day he went missing near the junior high school with another kid named Carl Boo Mason. Right. His nickname was Boo, B-O-O. Right. And he got this name because he was a developmentally disabled 12-year-old kid. He was basically scared of everything. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty cool nickname, actually. It is a cool nickname. So we'll just call him Boo from now on out. But he was five years older than Gary, but he was smaller in height and weight. Yeah, I don't think he weighed like 60 pounds. He was a tiny kid. Yeah. But they were good friends and often played together. But Gary's mom, May, she didn't like Gary playing with him too much. Right. Well, I wonder why that was. Now, I know that a lot of reasons were given that that Boo liked to lay out of school and go hang out at arcades and this kind of thing. And she just didn't want, you know, to be a bad influence on on Gary. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It could have been that uh, Boo lived with his grandmother. She had custody of him, and mm-hmm. she wasn't intellect wasn't that bright either. Right. And then I, I think his mother lived there too. But for some reason, and I do not know why, I said that she is unable to raise Boo. So they lived with both of them lived with the grandmother, but the grandmother basically had custody rights. I think that just blows my mind. Yeah, because and I'm like, wait a minute. But I've never heard or seen what the reasons were for that. So. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Just so it's clear. But Gary and Boo were good friends, and like I said, they often played together. Mm-hmm. Yep. He had told detectives that he had last seen Gary on Wednesday when they rode their bikes at Texas Avenue Park. And he claimed they were supposed to meet at the home of two sisters on Thursday, but Gary never showed up. Hmm. So that's kind of wild, because even the sisters said that they had been there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. But multiple people, including the sisters, reported seeing them together on Thursday. So right. this Boo's story is a little bit contradicted. Already, yeah. Yep. Now, you know, and there's a lot of people who put a lot into that, you know, because this is going to put a put a target on him right off the bat because they think he's lying to him. Mm-hmm. But 
if he's a uh, developmentally challenged. Anyway, do you think maybe he said that because he didn't really want to get Gary in trouble because he probably knew that he wasn't supposed to be hanging out with him, so he just said that we weren't together? It could have been. Cause well, we, I don't know, though, because he did say we were hanging out Wednesday. Yeah. But, you know, Boo, he had a he had an IQ of 65. Right. So I don't know how much that would weigh, you know, because right. how much they thought about that at the time. You know, him being intellectually challenged. Yeah. So, I mean, the detectives had their work cut out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he lied to him on purpose. Maybe he forgot, but I don't know. Hell, maybe the girls were lying. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. The fact that several witnesses placed... Placed Boo, them together on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. When they claimed of, they were not together. Yeah. And it seems to suggest that um, Boo may have been involved in some way. So, the next day, it was midnight on Sunday... He, accompanied by his grandmother, was driven to the police headquarters at midnight, man. See, that's... That's weird, man. Yeah, I don't like his already. Mm-mm. And once there, Boo was separated from his grandmother. He was a 12-year-old. There's another one. Yeah. Taken from his grandmother and... You can't do that, dude. ...into a small room and interrogated. Yeah. You can't do that. No. Mm-mm. I know it was 1984, but you still can't do that. But he was taken from his grandmother and led into a small room. And during all this questioning, his stories remained inconsistent. Well, if you think about it, you know, I don't know, man. It's kind of pissed me off because it's basically him trying to figure out what he had to tell them what they want to know without getting in trouble. True. He probably ain't much about the truth. It's just because, you know, they in there drilling him. You see it on TV. And he's a little kid, and he don't know what to think. Yeah. While Grandma's in the lobby. Yeah. But detectives continued to interrogate Boo until he finally acknowledged being with Gary that day. And around 3 a.m., he also acknowledged being with him at the crime scene, Dale. So this is three hours they've been drilling him. Yeah. All right. And I'm sure Boo was pretty tired. Oh, yeah. I mean, going at midnight in the first place is just, I don't know. Yep. And Boo first said that Gary had fallen and hit his head. Then he changed the story again and said they had gotten into a fight because Gary had thrown a rock at him. Yeah. In which he choked Gary and then hit him repeatedly in the head with the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. But they they didn't release the part about Gary being choked. Right. So, you know, they're thinking, well, maybe he doesn't. Now, they still have not read him his Miranda rights at all. No. During all this up to this point and questioning him without a parent or legal guardian right and you know they've twisted this story around a hundred times yeah are you sure you didn't do this didn't you and he's, no he's tired and he wore out he just wants it to stop mm-hmm. but finally when he noticed that gary would not get up he covered him with the rug mm-hmm. but according to detectives he told them details that only the killer would have known such as the fact that he had been choked, like we talked about. Yeah, because this wasn't even known until after the autopsy. Yes, exactly. But Boo claimed that he had heard all the information from people in the neighborhood Hmm. about this. And after three grueling hours, police believed they had an admission of guilt. And a confession was written up based on the interrogation. Boo and his grandmother signed the confession, Dale. What the hell was she thinking? Yeah, they kept telling him, said, just admit it, and you can go home. Yeah, you can go home and go to sleep. Yeah, because he was, he was tired, man. Well, he said even during, while this was going on, that uh, he would say, they would say, you did it, didn't you? He goes, well, 
you say I did, I did, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. That sounds like something something somebody intellectually challenged and wore say. out and been drilled to death. Yeah, yeah. I said that's what he even as he was signing the stuff. Well, if you say I did, I did, but I didn't. I didn't do it. Crazy. Yep. But Boo was charged with murder and rem- remanded to a juvenile detention center. See, they lied to me and get to go home and go to sleep. Yep. And he would later claim that one of the detectives told him that if he admitted to the crime, he would let him go. Yeah. There you go. See, I don't like it. Yep. Now, on Sunday, January the 15th, Boo was given a polygraph test, and the results were inconclusive. Hmm. It's amazing how when they're not what they want, they're always inconclusive. Yeah. And it claimed that the question of whether Boo had committed the murder, he was telling the truth. Right. But all the other questions sort of leaned to Boo being there at the crime scene. Yeah, three days later, they gave him another one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But, and it was basically the same thing. Yeah. So he was being truthful when he said he did not kill Gary. And then there's doubts about whether he was at the scene or not. Yeah. So it's always inconclusive when you don't say what we want you to say. And Gary Sr., he felt that Boo could have been intimidated by the person who did it. Right. And possibly threatened with death if he said anything. Right. Now, they did check the pipe. And if I guess what? His fingerprints were not on the pipe. No. None. So do you think with this limited intelligence. IQ did, of 65. That he would smash his kid in the head three or four times with his one and a half foot. Now, remember, this dude don't weigh but 60 pounds. Yeah, I know. He's got a foot and a half piece of lead pipe swinging it to a kid who's taller than him. I know. Hit him in the head and then have enough sense about him after he realized he was dead to go over and wipe the pipe off. And no, leave. he wouldn't. I don't think so either. Nope. He would just be freaking out. Yep. Now, blood drops were later found on the clothes that Boo was wearing that day. Right. But they were way too, they could have so small we couldn't even type them. Yeah. So who knows how They could have been from anything. Right. Yep. On February the 23rd, this was a month after he was arrested, there was a hearing held to determine whether his confession was admissible in court. And the judge determined that it was not, as it could not be proven, that Boo's statements were voluntary. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. And the charges against him were dropped. And police never came up with another viable suspect, Dale. That's crazy. Yeah. I think it pretty much was kind of like in the other case we did where they pretty much wanted to pin it on somebody and they didn't really. That was all they had. Well, I ain't going to say they didn't look for them because I'm sure they did. But, yeah, that's all they had. Yep. So now, then it just kind of goes cold from here. Yeah. For two years. Two years. And two years later, it became obvious that someone had not forgotten about Gary Jr. Hmm. And uh, – Approximately 3 a.m. on January the 4th of 1986, a vandal painted a chilling message on the side of an Atlantic City patrol car. And it said, Gary Grant's dead. I am living. Another will die on 112.86 if all goes right. Right. Hmm. Yep. And get this. January the 12th would have been the second anniversary of Gary Jr.'s murder. Right. So that's pretty chilling as i say yes now gary senior was called to look at the message it's pretty ballsy to paint on the side of a cop car oh yeah (laughs) yeah but gary senior was called to look at the message and from what he observed it appeared to be written by an adult right instead of a kid prank or something yeah but they were unable to figure out who wrote it and it was a few weeks later 
a second cryptic message was scratched on a sidewalk. And it said, Gary Grant Jr. lives. I killed him. Son of a pig officer. Payback is a MF. 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 Yeah. And it was wrote MF. It's not an abbreviation. That's mean we're not censoring. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it's kind of odd. I've heard a lot of people say, I wonder why, you know, if it's supposedly as a child killer, why would he not write out the word? But the way it was written and where it was written, it don't look like they would have had the room to write out the whole word. They just put the MF really big. Yeah, it was, capital letters. it was a big MF. It was which a big is, MF. It's, so, yeah, it's got to be way worse than a regular one. Yeah, and we're going to post pictures of these cryptic messages. Cryptic. Cryptic. And this one led to speculation that Gary had been murdered as retribution, possibly for an arrest that Gary Sr. had made hmm. at one point in his career. But Gary Sr. tried to think of somebody he had arrested that may have wanted retribution against him, but no one came to mind. It's kind of odd that it would come out on, you know, two-year anniversary. Yeah, that's that's just weird. Yeah. And Gary Sr., he continues to pass out flyers and looks for information on this case, and he is also still barred from officially working on the case. Yeah, at this point, not now. Yeah. And he is certain that someone knows what happened and has information that can help solve it. Well, I'm sure somebody knew. Yeah. But at one point during all this, he was put on the case. But a couple months after that, the prosecutors there in Atlantic City, they opposed that. Yeah. After it went cold for so long, they did let him on and see if he could figure out something, and they took him right back off. Mm-hmm. The police, they initially considered Boo a suspect, and Gary's mom, May, told police that she did not allow Gary to play with him like, she, like we told earlier. And several witnesses reported seeing him with Gary on that Thursday, the day he was last seen. And he claimed to have last seen him the day before, which was on a Wednesday. Right. But now the police, they initially considered Boo a suspect. Right. And went through all that stuff, and they kind of kind of dropped that, that, you know, dropped the charges and kind of put him on the back burner, I think. Mm-hmm. But then Gary Sr. was thinking more about his brother. Yeah, he had a brother that stayed in trouble. Yes. And he had a pretty good little rap sheet. He would been He has been known to hire kids to break into houses. Yeah, a little scheme, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever, I guess. Yeah, and then he had been arrested on robbery charges just a few days before Gary got, was murdered. Yeah. Yeah, so he could, you know, potentially be a suspect if he was out, you know. But I was thinking maybe, you know, Gary Sr. had something to do with his, his arrest or something. But Now, Gary Sr., he believes Boo's older brother, who was arrested on robbery charges days before Gary's murder, may have tried to force Gary into taking in a scheme where he used kids to rob houses. Do we not know his name? I do not know Boo's brother. Okay. I've, I've never seen that mentioned anywhere. Right. You know, and if he was in jail, then he couldn't have done it. But I was wondering, you know, what if uh, Gary Sr. was part of the detective or part of the, you know, the background who who got uh, Boo's brother arrested on those robbery charges? Yeah. And I, want, I mean, if they didn't catch him in the hack, you know, if, if he was part of the investigation team or something. Could have been. So he could have, he could have had motive, I'm saying. Yeah, but if, Gary, but if he's in jail, he couldn't. But if Gary didn't want to participate in these uh, schemes to rob houses and stuff, yeah, could have been and, that too. He said uh, he he'd tell his dad because his dad's a cop. Well, that could have triggered Boo's brother to murder him. Yeah, if he was out on bail or something. Well, why would he? Why would he even ask him if he knew his dad was a cop? Yeah, that's kind of crazy too. But might have tried to force him or something. I don't know. Yeah, but um, Gary could have you know throw that in there and say, hey, my dad's a cop. Mm-hmm. 
He could have played that card. Right. I'm telling. Yeah. And that would have just that'd have been the end of it. Yeah, and if you know, if something like that would happen, which could very well be possible, if he wasn't in jail, mm-hmm. then maybe that would be the only person who could have done it and then Boo would have been so scared he definitely would not tell on him. I know. Yeah. Hmm. Very possible. It's a theory anyway. All right, now we're gonna move a little bit ahead to two thousand fifteen, which is not that long ago. Right. This was when Gary Sr. was converting old tapes to MP3 files. And he found a tape which contained two 911 calls about his son's case. And the first one occurred on March the 8th of 1986, and which is just happens to be Gary Jr.'s birthday. Kind of a, lot, a whole lot of yeah. odd possibilities that happen here. And the caller claimed to be Gary's killer. And Dale, we have that 911 call right here. Okay. Mason Sire. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, is, it, is it possible for me to collect the reward on my own self for the murder of Gary Grant? Is it for you to collect a reward on your, for yourself? Uh-huh. If you have, yeah, if you have information, what are you saying? That, uh, I don't know what you mean. Like, do you know who did it or something like that you mean? No, I'm just going to do it myself and I want to collect the own reward. If you did it? Yeah. Well, suppose I hook you into the detective bureau. Mm, no, it's okay. Mask on the... Make sure they know that's not a crank call. You'll never be able to catch him. You know what? You'll never be able to catch him. <laughs> and <laughs> he was actually asking about receiving award, a reward for turning himself in. Yeah. And she's like, hmm, let me let you talk to some detectives. No, that's yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> Just want to let you know and, it wasn't a prank, yeah. And saying you're never going to catch me. Yeah. So that's kind of odd, especially calling on that day. Yeah. You know, unless it was somebody who really kept up with the newspaper or this kind of thing, how would he even know that that was the, the day? Yeah. And I'm sure it's not coincidence. He didn't just happen to call that day. Yeah, he, he happened did. to know something. Yeah, or somebody knew something. But this caller has yet to be identified. Correct. And it is not known if he actually was involved in Gary's murder. Now, Gary Sr. had these tapes for a long, long time. He just never gave them. He says he never had went through them, so yeah. we don't know. Mm-hmm. And the second 911 call occurred on January the 2nd of 1986. refused to give his own name uh, however he did name the man who allegedly confessed to gary's murder to him and right. he claimed that the killer had committed the crime because of an arrest gary senior made and gary senior remembered the man but did not recall having any issues with him correct and he had been arrested in 2011 for sexual contact with a young boy mm-hmm. yeah, but he has never been charged with gary's case so I think they checked him out. I don't think they put much into that. 
Yeah. Whoever he was, the name has not been made public. But just a little side note, when Gary was found and autopsy was performed, there was no sexual... Yeah, no, nothing like that. No sexual assault or anything on him. Hmm. But Gary Sr. and other investigators still believe that Boo was involved in Gary's death in some way. And he also believes that Boo witnessed the attack and knows the perpetrator. However, no other evidence has been found to link him to anyone else in the crime. Right. But there is a reward of $15,000 that is being offered for this. Yep. So if you know, you know. Yep. And Gary Sr., he retired from the police force in 2001 and now lives in Puerto Rico. He lives down there with Ben. Yeah, Ben Richardson. Shout out, Ben. And there is a private Facebook page in memory of Gary. Why would it be? Well, I guess in memory. Yeah. I was going to say, if it's going to be a page, why would you make it private? You want to help people to help you maybe solve this case. Because, you know, really, I mean, I guess it could be anybody, but really it's just a handful of people that was close in this case. Between Boo and his brother and Gary's dad. Mm-hmm. But this case did air on Unsolved Mysteries on December the 1st of 1993. Hmm. And there's an interview on there with Carl Boo Mason Yeah, talking about this case. He agreed to appear on the show. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And we watched that, and he didn't really seem two out of it or, no. you know, or two whatever you want to say yeah know. he seemed to have his ducks in a row yeah he did yeah, he's good he, he seemed a little slow but you know he seemed like he was pretty well on his questioning yeah so i don't know man i don't either this is uh it's just one of them a uh, whole lot of we don't know what happened and, and apparently neither, neither neither does anyone else but if anybody has any information they can contact the atlantic city police department or your local Crime Stoppers or your local authorities. Get your reward. Yep. Solve crime. You can contact us. Yeah. And we'll take the reward. We'll turn it in for you. Yep. No problem. That is the case of Gary Grant Jr. Yeah, sad, another but, sad case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I hate to. Hey, we got to get, get off these kid killings for a while. Yeah. All right. Anyway. We are going to get out of here. Let's go, man. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.